The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to comply a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence to you, in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah, he unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the, to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today the scripture's passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. What we have in the gospel today is commonly referred to in biblical studies as the inaugural address of Jesus. This is the unfolding of his mission and vision as he begins his public ministry, his inaugural address. And it's actually a combination of two chapters in the Gospel of Luke. The first part is taken from the first chapter of Luke, and in the second part where it says that Jesus went back to his hometown to preach that is taken from the fourth chapter of Luke. So it is a mix of two chapters, not necessarily from just one chapter. And uh, it's interesting that, as what I'm mentioning to the Vigil Mass uh, folks last night, that what we have today were the very first, were the, the, the first spoken words of Jesus as an adult in the Gospel of Luke. 
And I asked the same question last night. When was the first time that we heard Jesus speak in the Gospel of Luke? When was the first time that we heard him speaking in the Gospel of Luke? If this is the second time, and if this is the beginning of his public ministry, when was the first time that we heard him speaking in the Gospel of Luke? Huh? Very good. It's in the finding of Jesus in the temple where Mary asked him, Son, why have you done this to us? Why have you done this to us? And Jesus says, Don't you know that I must be in my Father's house? That was the first time that we heard Jesus speak ever in the Gospel of Luke. And how old was Jesus then? It was 12. That was the first time. And if the second time that we heard him speaking is right at this gospel, and what age is Jesus at this point? 30. So this is, these were the first spoken words of an adult Christ. And it's interesting, it's marvelous that his first spoken words as an adult was the unveiling of his mission. He's practically saying, I know that you have been hearing already what the Messiah would do. And I'm going to remind you by reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, from the book of the prophet Isaiah, and this is my mission. This is the reason why I came in the first place. And I am not inventing it myself, but rather it is coming from the Father himself, as what has already been prophesied by Isaiah. So now, if this is the mission of Christ, unveiling his mission, we, we also realize that as followers of him, we have the same mission. We don't have a different mission apart from the mission of Christ. If not, we won't be disciples of him if our mission is different from the leader. If Christ is truly our leader and we are his disciples, we have to synchronize with him. But I remember when I was in the seminary first year at Mount Angel, and you know, at Mount Angel, uh, we do, um, well, just like in any other seminaries, uh, we do, but, but most especially in Mount Angel, it is done in a... In a in a more, in a different way because, because of the way monks pray. You know, it's normally by section, you know, by choir. Uh, choir A, choir B, and you always have to, to do it in unison. And as new guys, of course, sometimes some people, as some of the guys would say it too loud. Some guys would say it too late. Some guys would not say anything. And uh, so in praying, we always have to practice. It's like, how can we do this in unison wherein we are all synchronized and no voice overpowers anybody? And that is the same thing, I think, with the mission. You know, that we have to be synchronized with the mission of Christ wherein truly it is not I, 
who is more visible, but rather the very person and mission of Jesus. Now, if this is the mission that Christ unveils, the question is, at this point in my life right now, how do these specific things that he mentioned from the book of the prophet Isaiah take flesh in my person? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. What does it mean to be anointed? What does it mean to be anointed? To be anointed is to be set apart, to be entrusted with a mission, to be given a special task. But you see, this task, this mission, does not emanate or does not begin from us, but from the Spirit. That's why it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. How do I see Christianity and Catholicism? At the heart of my Christianity and my Catholicism, do I truly follow the Christianity and Catholicism according to the mind of Jesus? Or is it just a version, a little bit, you know, like a, a grayer version of the mission of Christ? Are you convinced that your mission as a disciple reflects the very mission of Jesus? To bring, to do what? The first mission is to bring glad tidings to the poor. You know, I've asked this before. Are you good news to people? You know, are you good news to people? When people see you, do they, do they seek your eyes? Or are we distracting? That it's not that, that our person doesn't call forth for unity, but rather of division. Am I, am I glad tidings to people? And especially, you know, what, who are the poor that Jesus, that, that the prophet I say in Jesus was referring here? I'm not, they're not referring just to the materially poor or financially poor, but anyone who is in need of Christ experiences some form of poverty. If that is the case, then everyone is poor. Because if you don't need Christ, well, you're in the wrong place. Because all of us are poor in front of God. What, ex what poverty experience do you have in your life right now that Christ needs to enrich and he's telling you, this is the mission, this is why I came in the first place, to enrich you. But still, we are experiencing poverty in that aspect of your life. Let Christ fill the void. Let Christ transform that poverty into riches. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives. Liberty to captives. 
He's not just talking about here that he's going to free the people of Israel from the oppressive hands of the Romans. He's not, he did not come to topple governments. He did not come to, to topple kings and leaders. He came to free us from the main slavery that endures all time, and that is the slavery from sin, from anything that separates us from the love and mercy of God. Am I still in captivity? What enslaves you at this point in your life right now? You know, and sometimes the things that enslave us are not necessarily addictions. That too, that's a graver form of slavery. But at this time and age, you know, a lot of people are enslaved by ideologies. Ideologies that are so far out from the gospel. Ideologies that have no even it doesn't even reflect remotely the message of the gospel. And yet, these ideologies are the ones that rule one's life and informs one relationship with the other. Does Christ need to liberate you from something from a form of captivity. Recovery of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight to the blind. What does this mean? To see the truth of who we are as children of God. Do I truly see myself according to the, to the design of God for me? Do you see yourself as sons and daughters of the Father? You know, I've said this so many times that the way we look at ourselves also affects the way we look at other people. If I don't see myself as a child of God, as a son of God, as a daughter of God, then I would have a hard time seeing that image also in the other people, and that's the way I'm going to be informed in my relationship with my own self and with the other. Blindness. What are the things that still blinds us at this point in our life? The untruthfulness that needs to be transformed by having a new set of eyes. If there's anything that this gospel is really asking us, is the clarity of mission in identity. The clarity of our mission in identity. Could you imagine if we don't know what our mission is? What is your life's mission? What is what is the mission of your life. You know, I, 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 I kind of ask myself with this too. I mean, I ask myself and as like, I, I hope I'm not just like a water lily kind of just 
going through the flow, waiting for my end. And if we don't know our mission, the book today, the, the reading today from Luke, from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, we can start from it. And that's a very solid, a very solid understanding of our own mission as well. To let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. You know, I love this, that the end of this gospel, it speaks about of today. You know, the, the Word of God, even though Luke wrote this so many hundred years ago, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was thousands of years ago, thousands of, literally thousands of years ago, they still ring true today. Because the Word of God is a living Word. We're not talking about just something in the past or something that's going to happen in the future. It's happening right now. The, today, the Scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Is the mission of God getting fulfilled in your life right now? Is it getting fulfilled? And it's today. That is his gift. And what's the other name for a gift? Present. That's why it's today. Because the Word of God is one of the greatest gifts that we can ever have. And it's just not something that's going to affect us just in the past or in the future, but it is in the present. Today, the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. 